Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> it always makes me happy to say that to you. Yes. My invitation, let's have some fun with A Course in Miracles. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I love to have fun with A Course in Miracles. And it is fun for me. It is. Opening our hearts and opening our minds together, that is fun. Enough with the suffering and the complaining and the worry and doubt. Yes, we are transforming and renewing, restoring our minds together. I love it. Let's begin with a blessing and a prayer. So we take that breath. I place my hand on my heart and I'm grateful. I am thankful to join together with you in this moment, transcending time and space so that we can be together in consciousness one life, one power, one presence, and that power, that presence, that life is a life of love. Love is what we are. So we are grateful to consciously come together to partner up and remember this is the truth of our being. There's no contradictory truth. There's no possibility of anything that could contradict this basic fundamental truth. We are fundamentally good each and every one of us, and we are born of a perfect love. We're grateful to come together, two or more gathered in the name and the nature of love, to remember the truth, to set ourselves free, to accept the truth is to set ourselves free. We're letting go of all that is false and remembering that which is true. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. All brothers and sisters rise because we came together in this way. We let the healing be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so today the topic is Be Not Afraid. And what I felt in my being was the reminder that Jesus gave us when he walked the earth and he told his disciples, be not afraid for I have overcome the world because people are afraid of what they're experiencing in the world, what they think they could experience in the world. These are the things that seem to cause the fear, what's happening in the world and, of course, we know as Course in Miracles students that that's not the cause of fear. The cause of fear is our misperception, our projection, our false beliefs. And those are the cause of what we see. So we're taking responsibility for what we see and for what we feel so that we, like Jesus, can overcome the world. This is a statement of great prosperity and abundance. Be not afraid, for I have overcome the world. So this, this is what we are opening to in our mind. In Chapter 2, the Fear and Conflict section that I quote from so much because it's so helpful, and fear is the big problem that we have in this world. It is what generates so much dysfunction is managing and coping with fear is dysfunctional. So when we're managing and coping with fear, we're justifying our dysfunction, we're amplifying our dysfunction, and it's only going to bring forth more fear. So in fear and conflict section, Jesus says, Fear arises from lack of love. The only remedy for lack of love is perfect love. Perfect love is the atonement. So 
the and and elsewhere in the text he tells us that the atonement is the full acceptance that there is no separation that we're united in the perfect love so he's clear saying the same thing many different ways so that we can understand it so we are letting go of the idea that there's more than one of us and that's a big challenge it's like a big big game in a sense where no matter what happens in the game it's like if you play monopoly no matter how badly you go bankrupt in monopoly even if you lose everything which of course anybody who plays monopoly sometimes you do you lose everything and you are totally bankrupt and that's that you're out of the game <laughs> because you don't in monopoly you don't have a rich daddy to bail you out or a rich mommy to bail you out you have to uh just fold them <laughs> so in this life like in uh monopoly whatever happen in whatever happens in monopoly it doesn't affect your bank account doesn't affect whether or not you can stay in your home it's just a game so what happens in this world it does stay in this world so we can learn to accept the truth even if we don't understand it we can't comprehend it even then still we can accept it so let's be not afraid let's decide to overcome the world so if the antidote to fear is perfect love it's love where as our undoing the the habits of fear we are calling for correction not punishment but correction so the calling for correction is to look for the loving choices uh i've just been doing my seven simple steps to interrupt patterns of fear class uh i did it three times last week three times this week and who knows when i'll do it again but you can get the replay it's free and one of the steps is to choose love so choosing love is the anti- it's the fastest path to undoing the fear is look for the loving choices now let's talk about chapter 25 section 3 which is entitled perception and choice and when i was naming this episode because i have to give them the title of the episode and the description ahead of time uh i them being the unity radio folks the wonderful folks at unity radio i i give them the title ahead of time and perception and choice i'd be happy to name this episode that but spirit said no be not afraid cuz that's really what this is about so it begins with to the extent to which you value guilt to the extent to that extent you will perceive a world in which attack is justified so to the extent you value guilt to that extent you will perceive a world in which attack is justified Now on the surface we can say I don't value guilt. I I hate it. I can't stand feeling guilty. I cannot stand it. It's awful. I feel guilty all the time and I can't stand it. Uh, I talk with many people who uh have that experience of guilt frequently, particularly parents. And I understand it and still we can undo it we can undo the habit of guilt because guilt and fear go together this is certain now if we think we don't like guilt we think we're trying to get rid of it just consider 
the way we are with other people. So if we say to somebody something like, I don't understand, you said you were going to do that today, and then you didn't do it, well, (laughs) you obviously don't care about me at all, clearly. Why would we say that if we didn't wish for the person to react with guilt? We are punishing them by triggering the unconscious guilt. So this is the thing that Jesus is teaching us in the Course. Instead of punishment, let's offer correction. I've been really focused on it so much as I've shared before because I'm training a puppy and I don't have uh, haven't given any punishment I give correction and she's learning through correction of course she is and she doesn't have any fear of me she's not afraid of me I don't scare her I mean occasionally things happen she gets you know startled Noises, of course. We all get startled by noises sometimes. But nothing I'm ever doing intentionally is to frighten her or to intimidate her. No, I'm interested in inspiring her. And children can be (laughs) raised like puppies. Now, I'm not really commenting on parenting because never having been a parent, I, I don't feel I can. However, I can share what has worked for me with uh, kids and things like that. And I do from time to time because uh, I'm an auntie and a godmother. And I also have been a Girl Scout leader and a babysitter and all those things. I've cared for children. I've been um, a mother's helper kind of a person. I've done all kinds of things. Uh, with kids in my life and I've gotten along well with them so to the extent to which you value guilt to which to that extent will you perceive a world in which attack is justified so simple to understand if we are intentionally triggering the person's guilt so that they will feel bad and wrong and ashamed Because they've let us down in some way. They've disappointed us in some way. It may be that we had expectations that we didn't tell them about. It could be anything like that. And now we're mad at them that they didn't meet our expectations. There's so much of that that goes on in relationship where people are consciously triggering other people's unconscious guilt, if there is such a thing. Uh, I, I don't really believe in the unconscious. I'm, I'm using that term because that's what Jesus calls it in the Course. And so that's the familiar term for Course students. So if we're triggering that, hello, we perceive a world in which attack is justified. Because that triggering of someone else's Guilt is definitely an attack. It's meant to be a punishment, and a punishment is an attack. So for me, one of the things that I've been looking at in my mind for a long time now is when I started this work, I had a strong, strong tendency to want to attack. I really did. Oh boy, oh boy, did I want to attack uh, everything and everyone because I was angry. Why was I so angry? Because I was very afraid. And why was I so afraid? I was afraid because I perceived so many hurts. And the big hurt for me, the big, big bottom line hurt for me was something is terribly wrong with me and it's not fixable I am fundamentally bad that belief that core belief that I used to have that I do not have anymore was the big hurt and my fear my my experiences of fear my feelings of fear my feelings of anger and resentment and and jealousy and all those other things the rage that I felt everything was 
on top of that really desperate hurt that somehow I hadn't been made in the spiritual image and likeness of God of perfect love. I was a demon seed. I was evil. I was bad and wrong. And there was nothing I could do about it because I was born that way. And many people understand this. In fact, uh, the more I talk with spiritual students about it, the more I hear people that live beautiful lives, beautiful lives, secretly, deep down, they suspect that they're bad. And the evidence is the angry, mean, vengeful thoughts that they have, the punishing thoughts that they have. That's what they think is the proof. It doesn't prove that they're bad. It just simply proves that they are immersed in the ego thought system. So we, the ones who notice this, we're tasked with helping all humanity wake up from this curse of dreaming we're awake while we're asleep. So this is what our our life is for. It's to be truly helpful in helping people remember that they are perfect love and they are not bad or wrong. There is nothing wrong with them, only the stinking thinking, which is no part of them. And it's undoable. Hallelujah. It is undoable. All right, so let's just admit We perceive a world in which attack is justified because we justify our attack when we're trying to punish somebody with making them feel guilty, triggering their guilt. Let's just own it. Say, okay, yeah, I do that. I still sometimes can see I'm moving in that direction. And something might come out of my mouth. I can't think of anything Recent, but I'm sure there is because it is so acceptable. We've been trained so much. I mean, I was super trained in that by my family. And my mother's mother would absolutely go out of her way to make people feel guilty. That, because she, in her emotional life, she was very much like a, a wounded animal who would just bark and nip it at anyone, even the people trying to help them and love them. And she, she, in her, from what I observed, she, she couldn't really help it. She couldn't really help it. And I was a big challenge to her because I didn't want to take that. And I resented it. And she wanted to have a close relationship with me. And I would call her on that stuff. And also... I loved her unconditionally. I didn't put up with her BS as I got older and older. But she always knew, or and she always knew, I loved her unconditionally. Because I didn't put up with her stuff. And I still loved her. I saw it. I called her on it. I told her it's not very nice. I don't appreciate it. Stop it. And she developed a deep respect for me. And that's what we can do in our relationships, no matter how long we've been in that relationship. We can call people on their stuff without attacking them. We can say, it feels like you're trying to hurt me now. It feels like you're judging me now. What is it you really would like? What What is... that's really going on here now. And that is challenging to people to ask them, what is it you'd really like? You know, because they're trying to manipulate us. And if we're the ones that we're, we're the ones who are doing it, we can totally train ourselves to stop. It does require constant attention, constant attention. This is why in the course, Jesus is telling us day after day after day, that we must pay attention. We're far too tolerant of mind-wandering. 
And in the lessons, many of the lessons, he has a stop a certain number of times throughout the day in order to practice for just a couple of minutes or a few minutes, a handful of minutes. And if we're not willing to do that, then we don't really mind our suffering because this is the only way to really end the suffering is to undo our attachment to the ego thought system, our identification with the ego thought system, thinking that these are our thoughts. All the thoughts in the ego thought system are nothing new. They are old, they are ancient, and they are nothing to do with us. But we can choose to think them and experience the results. We can experience the effect that is caused by separation thinking. We can experience the effect of making loving choices and choosing loving thoughts. We're going to be at the effect of our thoughts all day, every day, and even in our sleep. It's true. Fortunately, if we decide to be not afraid and overcome the world, there is so much support in the invisible. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Truly, it's unfathomable how much support there is for us in the invisible. But you see, when we feel guilty and ashamed and bad and wrong and unlovable and unworthy, all of that, then we don't feel that we're entitled to miracles. We don't feel that we are deserving of the love and the compassion from the invisible world. But there's a constant stream of love for us that, again, it's impossible to even conceive of it. In the Course, uh, Jesus says, When I said, I am with you always, I meant it literally. I'm not absent to anyone in any situation. Amazing. That's from chapter 8, section 3, right at the beginning. Okay, back to chapter 25, section 3, Perception and Choice. To the extent to which you recognize the guilt is meaningless... To that extent, you will perceive attack cannot be justified. To the extent to which you recognize the guilt is meaningless, to that extent, you will perceive attack cannot be justified. So once we see that guilt doesn't get us what we'd like, that it doesn't bring any benefit that is worth having. So using guilt, triggering guilt in other people to manipulate them will never bring us to the perfect love that we truly desire. In the moment, it might get them to do something we think we'd like them to do, but the effect caused by being unloving to them. It might shift their behavior in that moment, but it will not bring us the results we truly, truly would like, which are loving, intimate, safe, healthy relationships. So Jesus says, this is in accord with perception's fundamental law. You see what you believe is there, and you believe it there because you want it there. So it's another way of saying I'm responsible for what I see and the way I say it, and everything is just as I wish it would be. You, perception's fundamental law. You see what you believe is there, and you believe it there because you want it there. 
So when I'm seeing something that scares me, I say, hmm, what is it that I find attractive about this? Why am I scaring myself like this? What is the purpose here? What am I doing? What's really going on? Instead of just going into managing and coping. And this is one of the ways that I've been able to uh, really reduce the amount of fear I have in my life. So I'm just, as we're going to the break here, I'm going to invite you to go to jenniferhadley.com, sign up for my seven simple steps to interrupt the patterns of fear. I've got three more this week. And then my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp uh, registration closes Sunday, October 3rd. I won't do it again until possibly spring of next year. So if you've been interested, now's the time. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me again. And we're talking about living without fear. Be not afraid, for I have overcome the world, said Jesus. And one of the reasons why I do so much work with fear is I do know that this is the most debilitating thing in this world, that There is the lack of love in our hearts and in our minds. It's what produces the feelings and the experiences of fear. And so many people are confused and think that fear comes from uh, the situations and circumstances of our lives, from the loss of loved ones, loss of income, loss of physical abilities, if that fear comes from uh, loss of our home, loss of money, these all these kinds of loss. But you see, the ego thought system is a thought system of nothing but lack and limitation, a constant sense of loss, because the ego thought system is all about feeling separate, believing separateness is possible when you're separate from your creator from the source of all good all love all joy all prosperity all wholeness all harmony all freedom all abundance all clarity all wisdom if you're feeling separate from the source of all good it is a constant sense of loss it is a constant sense of lack and limitation and so when, then we believe that attack is justified because we live in a world where there's not enough. And so it's dog eat dog that we have to make our own way. We have to make our own abundance. We have to make our own health and wealth. And none of that is true. It's all false. So... When we believe these false things, then we are going to experience fear. Because our life is predicated on sinking sands. Hence the constant fear. We're living, we've set up our home in a quagmire, in quicksand. We've set up our home in an unsafe environment that we have invented it's a an illusory illusory world and so this is why we feel the constant fear so the antidote is perfect love the antidote is recognizing that none of it is real and how do we get to that place where we can actually practice being willing to remember that it isn't real through making loving choices, 
extending love, practicing being loving with ourselves and with others. So going back to what I was sharing before uh, about the fundamental law of perception is you see what you believe is there and you believe it there because you want it there. Perception has no other law than this. So the direct healing for that is I'm responsible for what I see and I choose the feelings I would have. And for many people, that just seems insane. So that's why Jesus says to us in the course, don't feel you need to believe any of this. Just keep practicing what I'm giving you. And so actually that is one of the main reasons why it is the reason why I made the A Course in Miracles app for us. It's free. You can get it wherever you get apps for your phone and for your uh, tablets. And uh, it's called A Course in Miracles Complete with deluxe features. It has the ability to set reminders. So whatever the lesson is of the day, you can set reminders. So you remember to do that practice. And what I love, as I've said before, is that with my Apple watch, uh, I can, I get the reminders on my Apple watch. So not just on my phone, but because my Apple watch is uh, synced to my phone, I get them on my Rest with a little bit of a vibration, and I, I really appreciate that. You can set up reminders uh, any way you like with the app. Seriously, you can do, have one every five minutes, every ten minutes, every hour, whatever you like. And you can set up 20 different reminders. So that that's how I work with that. It's great. It's also great if you would like to search for a particular quote or word it's really good for that as well and so you see what you believe is there and you believe it is there because you want it to be there that's the very nature of perception and projection So for me, as I've said many times before, going to that place of, hmm, I wonder why this is what I chose. Why is this so interesting to me? Not like, oh, why am I experiencing this? But, hmm, I I wonder what is it that I am thinking and believing that is bringing this into my experience I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I would have. Why am I choosing to terrify myself? Holy Spirit, I'd like to stop. Show me how to stop terrifying myself. Show me how to live a life of great love and peace and joy. I'm willing. I'm willing. And then we will get clear direction. It's this thought. It's that thought. And any time we don't feel good, like if we say something or do something and then we think, ah, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that. Right there is an opportunity for us to turn the boat around. And maybe we need to say to somebody, I'm sorry I said that. It was uh, just my own negativity and I, I wish I hadn't said it. You, you didn't deserve that. Uh, I'm sorry if you felt attacked by me. I'm sorry it, Uh, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Uh, We can practice Ho'oponopono in that way. So, perception has no other law than this. You see what you believe is there, and you believe it there, because you want it there. The rest, but stems from this, to hold it up and offer it support. So the rest, the rest of all the drama and the trauma is what he's referring to here. This is perception's form adapted to this world of God's more basic law, 
that love creates itself and nothing but itself. So in other words, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. God's laws do not obtain directly to a world perception rules. For such a world could not have been created by the mind to which perception has no meaning. Yet are God's laws reflected everywhere? Not that the world where his reflection is, is real at all. Only because God's Son believes it is, and from God's Son's belief, God could not let himself be separate entirely. God could not enter his son's insanity with him, but he could be sure his sanity went there with him. So he could not be lost forever in the madness of his wish. So here's the important thing to understand about the illusion. It's not real. <laughs> Therefore, it's not a place that God could enter or retreat from. Nor can we. It's just a trick of the mind that we think we're here in a real place. I know it's challenging, but we don't have to figure it out. We just have to be willing to let our attachment to making the world real and the thoughts that we are thinking to make it all so, so real. We, we can start with I'm never upset for the reason I think. I've given everything on this street, in this room, on this body, all the meaning that it has for me. And I don't know what anything is for. We can use these and other tools. Our problems have been solved. <laughs> I am determined to see all these course lessons. We can use them to help us unwind our attachment to our perceptions and our projections. Jumping down to paragraph six, everyone here has entered darkness, yet no one has entered it alone, nor need he stay for more than an instant. For he has come with heaven's help within him, ready to lead him out of darkness into light at any time. The time he chooses can be any time, for help is there awaiting but his choice. And when he chooses to avail himself of what is given him, then will he see each situation that he thought before was means to justify his anger turned to an event which justifies his love. He will hear plainly that the calls to war he heard before are really calls to peace. He will perceive that where he gave attack is but another altar where he can, with equal ease and far more happiness, bestow forgiveness. Again, he will reinterpret all temptation as just another chance to bring him joy. So, this is something that is so powerful to comprehend. Another way of saying this paragraph to me is that teaching from the Bible about when we're born of the Spirit or reborn of the Spirit, when we remember our true identity, then all the years that the locusts have eaten are given back to us. Because now we can see, oh, they meant it to harm me, but God meant it to help me. Like Joseph and his brothers, right? They threw him, the Joseph's brothers threw him down the well because they were jealous. They wanted him to die because he was his father's favorite son. And Joseph being left in the well for dead and surviving because his spirit was strong, because he had purpose to his life. 
He needed to go out there and be truly helpful, which he did. He survived, he thrived, and then he was able to return to his family as their savior during the time of the famine because he had all these resources now. So, as Joseph said to his brothers when they said, why would you help us? We beat you and left you for dead. And he said, you meant to harm me, but God meant it for good. And we will have that realization, that recognition, if we're willing. And we will realize that the things that we interpreted as hurtful, the things that we interpreted as betrayals, everything that we interpreted as being against us, we will now see was for us, was to help us when we're willing to see it correctly. God uses everything for good. But we have to be willing to accept that this is the truth. We have to be willing to give up thinking we're the victim of the world we see. And we learn instead to take responsibility. This is the thing that turns the tide and makes all the difference. Right here, right now. What's required is for us to forgive our interpretations. We have to forgive ourselves for interpreting things as being against us so that we can be reborn of the Spirit. Being reborn of the Spirit comes from true forgiveness, from letting go of our attachments to the meaning we made of things, from letting go of our interpretations of things, thinking that the world was against us, that people were against us. We don't really know what anything is for. And so the ego, of course, knows what everything is for. That's the whole premise of the ego thought system is it is adamant in seeing almost everything against us and that it is dog-eat-dog, that we do have to defend ourselves, that we are being attacked at every turn, that a sense of loss is just around the corner if we're not sitting in a big puddle of it right now. It's just more and more and more to come. In order for the world to change, we have to look at it from a new perspective. So that is the overcoming the world. And because I've seen that the the biggest liability that everybody goes through in this lifetime is thinking that they're afraid because of what's happening in the world versus what's happening in their mind and People don't realize that they can change their mind. They can go the other way. This is why I'm so deeply committed to being masterful with this practice and finding true and lasting freedom from fear. I am so grateful to be able to share these things with other people who are truly interested in practicing it and learning it and in sharing it with others. That is what I'm truly, truly interested in. So actually, I'm going to let you know right now, my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp class starts uh, Monday. Uh, October 3rd is the last day to register. So I'm inviting you. Now is the time if you're ready. If finances are an issue, we'll do any kind of a payment plan to help you join us. And also uh, to let you know that Finding Freedom from Fear Boot Camp is part of my training for my spiritual counselors that I certify. I'm going to be doing my spiritual counseling training intensive. I moved the dates somewhat. It's the first two uh, weeks, weekends in November. We're doing it online again because of COVID. So this is a chance to take advantage. You don't have to get on a plane. You don't have to come visit me somewhere. So I encourage you, if you're interested in this, please come and join me online 
this year for my spiritual counseling training intensive. The details are at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, it's it's three hours a day, plus there is homework. It's an intensive. And it is designed for people to learn about spiritual counseling, to work at the level of the mind, and to release self-doubt and to bring self-confidence. Because one of the things that I see is a really big issue for a lot of spiritual professionals. So people who are um, teachers and people who are counselors and coaches and people who are therapists and all kinds of people who um, are light workers in the world is they do not feel that they are good enough. They do not feel really worthy of sharing their gifts and talents, no matter how talented and how gifted they are. They have insecurity. And so this spiritual counseling training intensive is about going to the root of that insecurity and healing that root. And it's very powerful. It's life-changing. I've had uh, all kinds of business professionals, attorneys, people who work with all different kinds of clients, acupuncture, homeopathy, all kinds of folks have come and done the spiritual counseling training intensive with me in order to strengthen their heart, their mind, their practice of A Course of Miracles to increase their business and, and their ability to work more effectively with clients. So not just folks who are interested in my spiritual counseling training intensive. It is a, uh, a wonderful way to open your heart and to become a better listener. So a lot of people do it to improve their relationships I'm inviting you to consider that. So a wonderful opportunity to do the Finding Freedom from Fear and the Spiritual Counseling Intensive at the same time. The boot camp is a three-month program, and uh, you don't have to show up live if you don't want to to anything. But if you do, uh, then you probably would want to share up for a minimum of one hour a week and do the rest uh, recording on recording. So whatever time zone you're in, we've got meetings that start different days, different time zones. Check it out. The details are at jenniferhadley.com. We can live a life without fear. We can live a life without worry. And I'm interested in helping you to prove it so you can help others to prove it too. And we can all live a life without fear. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So going back to the teaching about when we're reborn of the Spirit, we're made so new that all the years that the locusts have eaten are given back to us. I began to experience that in my early days with A Course in Miracles, feeling so, so grateful to realize, oh, that experience that I interpreted as being against me was actually for me. I can see now how that irritant was like the grain of sand in the oyster that I made a pearl of wisdom out of. Spirit showed me how to do that. Oh my goodness, look at that. Oh, I can see now that all these Years when I thought I wasn't loved, that I wasn't good enough, that was my choice to think that. I didn't have to think that. And look, I can see now that I was pushing people away. I was pushing them away because I felt unlovable. Not because they thought I was unlovable, but because I thought I was unlovable. And when I make loving choices now... I feel worthy of love. So the more I make choices for love, the more worthy of love I feel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Am I so glad that I can remember this now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So this is what I find is that being in a group helps to keep us reminded day in and day out. One of the things we have in my program is we have chat groups. On We use the app WhatsApp on our phone. And it's great because we have community all over the world. And we can go to WhatsApp without being on Facebook because many folks really are not interested in Facebook anymore. And so we have options. You can be on Facebook. We have Facebook groups and we have the WhatsApp groups. And the WhatsApp groups are very, very um, loving and kind and supportive. And it's beautiful, very inspiring and encouraging all day long. Yes. Practicing these principles, we'll see that we can let go of the beliefs and stand on the rock of true knowledge. And that's a beautiful thing. That we can recognize that we are one with our brothers and sisters. We are not separate. And none of us is a sinner. No matter what we've done or said, no matter what we haven't done or haven't said, we're still not sinners. No one needs to be punished. And we can offer loving correction to ourselves, and that will bring us benefit. And because everybody is watching everyone, everyone will learn from watching the loving correction. Uh, In my classes all the time, I make mistakes. The technology has an issue. I don't get upset or fearful. I don't call myself stupid. I'm loving and kind no matter what. Uh, (laughs) At least for sure uh, in my classes. And sometimes, of course, I get irritated and frustrated when left to my own devices. And then I am loving and kind and generous and patient with myself. Self-correction. So grateful to speak a word of prayer right now and to know that we are blessed and we are a blessing. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let the healing be. And so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.